Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, this podcast is uh, part of the More Than Baseball organization. More Than Baseball is working daily to better the lives of minor leaguers all over uh, baseball. Our mission is to protect and enhance the future of our game by allowing every ball player to live a better life during and after their careers. They have a lot of programs, including financial guidance, education, mental health, and more. Uh, check them out. Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. Um, also, check out advocates for minor leaguers. They're doing a great job as well. Uh, super excited for my guest today, uh, a player in the Angels organization, originally drafted by the Twins in the fourth round. Is that good? Before his injury, he was absolutely tearing it up for the uh, for the Angels in Double uh, A. Mister One Twenty One himself, Trey Cabot. How's it going, brother? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. And what? How? How is that for an introduction? Probably one of the most electric introductions, you know, that you've uh, for any podcast that you've been on so far. Yeah, that was uh, that tops it. That's definitely the top of the list. For sure. For sure. So. uh before we got on, you were t- talking about your rehab. How is that going? Like, how's the, how's everything been for you? Uh, it's it's been all right. Uh, it's been slow. It's taught me patience. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last visit uh, didn't go exactly how we wanted. So, still doing uh, one handed swings. Haven't got to build up to using the left yet. But we're uh, we're doing good. It, you know, everything feels strong. There's no pain in it. Um, it seems like it's doing pretty well. Uh, still getting to work out every other part of my body. Uh, so I'm getting to do a lot of stuff like I'm still throwing, running, and lifting and stuff like that. So it's been good, man. It's basically, uh, obviously, I'd love to be playing, rather be doing that. Um, but my, the rest of my body is healed up, and I'll be ready to go when, when the arm's ready. How do you how do you stay mentally strong during this time? Because obviously, you see the season still going on. Um, you always want to be out there with the boys. Like, how do you stay mentally strong and like through this kind of experience? Yeah, um, just. Praying a ton, staying in, uh, staying close to Christ, uh, staying close to the teammates. Like, I'll, you know, I talked to Braxton, Tori, uh, Whitefield, Palmero, JJ, uh, our clubby Nick. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I aggravate Coleman every now and then. So, like, we're talking, you know, we're talking a lot throughout the days of the, of the week just to kind of stay close. Because, like, if you just aren't, aren't really connected to the guys that you, you know, you mm-hmm. go to battle with, then you kind of start to feel the distance of how far you are away in Arizona. And then how far you are away, like when I was hurt, you know, as the process was going forward, it's like I'm looking months down the road. But like when you talk to the guys, it's you know, you still at least get to have a little fellowship and camaraderie. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Brax. I had I had him on a few months ago. Um, he's my guy. Um, I saw him tweet about you a couple of times or maybe it was on his Instagram. Um, so I had to get you on. Um, let's talk about him. Is he probably one of the best teammates you've ever had? Because he is literally one of the down to earth guy. Yeah, he's such a good dude. We uh, we were locker buddies all the time, like right next to each other. And then like in spring training, I'd either be in his clubhouse or he'd be in ours. So it was you know it was good. Uh, he's he's one of my one of my best friends, and we you know we aggravate each other all the time. So it was it was pretty cool to be in three four combo there for a bit. So. Yeah, and you mentioned you aggravate him. I had like I told you when I uh, had messaged you earlier. I said I got to get some you know the inside scoop on you. What's what's some some good some good trade uh, stories here? And he wanted me to ask you. Um, about the times that you would uh, squirt, I don't know, is it Mio? That was that how it was called? That Mio yeah. in his water. So uh, just to just to uh, make him mad and piss him off during the games, like what was that all about? Because uh, I'm I'm a goober, I'm a clown. So Braxton is one of these uh, the hydro flasks. Like okay, he's got one, but it doesn't have like the straw lid or whatever. So like um, 
it was kind of hard to get away with it because I had to unscrew the cap all the way down, and then I had to sh- like put it back on and shake it up. But I, like he would normally he would just have reg- regularly have water in there from the uh, the cooler instead of going to get a cup every time. He thinks he's a big shot and he got himself a hydro flask. But so to get him back, I, I was aggravating somebody else like, look at this guy, he brings out his flask. So I used to uh, like throw either drip drops or right stuff packets or anything like electrolyte in my water. And sometimes I'll get bored of just drinking all that. So I want a little extra flavor. So I'd buy the Mio's or like powdered Kool-Aid. Mio was just more convenient. So like he'd go up to the plate or whatever, and I'm just sitting there coming back and I would get myself a cup of water and fill it up with Mio. So one of these days I just like looked over and I was like, watch this. Walked over there, sprayed a bunch of Mio on his because like him going up expecting water. Like I I was like watching him until he went over and grabbed it again. And I saw him turn it up and just go. And he's like looking around the dugout. And of course (laughs) I'm just there like losing it in the corner. And he said, what is this? So, and then from then on, I, I probably did it a half a dozen more times. So that's awesome. But you had to do that just to kind of knock him down a little bit. He's getting a little full of himself, you know, with this little fancy uh, bougie water bottle over there. Exactly. I, it was the knocking down a little bit, but it's also cooling off sometimes. Guy's emotional. I love playing with him. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we like to keep it light in there, man. That's the thing. This is a tough game. So we all, you know, we, whether it was me and him having doing that stuff, we all having handshakes with everybody. Like his is he just gives everybody a hug because he's a big bear. So I mean, it we had a we had a good clubhouse, but yeah, we used to we used to go at each other. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, for sure. And speaking of the clubhouse, obviously that that the double A teams they're you know they're uh, playing very well. They you know always got the playoff spot all set up and everything. In in that locker room, like who's like the guy? Like the maybe uh, who keeps it loose for the boys? Maybe um, maybe it's you or was you? Uh, maybe it's Braxton. Uh, who kind of keeps it light in the in the clubhouse? It's that's hard to round up. You got guys like Dashwood. Um, you got guys like we all just kept, Coleman was the youngest pitcher and the little guy, so we'd all aggravate aggravate him, call him squirt and stuff like that. So we'd get him riled up, and he would get guys going. Uh, you got Torrey Hunter Jr.'s in there. He's always dancing and playing music. Um, Paul Mero's the salty vet, so he's like taking jabs and everything like that. So like everybody's all like we that was that was one of the tightest clubhouses I've ever been. So um, you get Gomez and Soto start dancing in the clubhouse too. So it was it was a fun group for sure. Um, do you did you ever meet Ryan Smith? I know, or did you ever play with him? I know he's a pitcher in the. Uh, I think he's in AAA now, but I think he was in AA last season. I believe I might even spring training. Spring yeah, training. We, we Paths, but I think I met him once. Okay, because oh, this is your first year with the with the Angels organization, right? Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I, he's a friend of the show. Also, he's uh he went from low A to triple A in one season last year. He that guy's insane. Um, ho- hopefully he makes it to the show uh very soon. But he's he's a really good guy. Um, so you mentioned that you know you're rehabbing and all that. You're not a gamer. Like I'm a huge gamer. Like I'll I'll get down you know a little uh, wars on a little Fortnite, whatever it may be. Um, I'm not too good at the show. I'll be honest. Like I'm. The, that game just i cannot figure that out but um you mentioned that you cook like what what kind of meals are you cooking like what what are you uh what are you making uh well kind of just i'm pretty much a meat and taters kind of guy i'm from yeah. the south i mean if i get lost if i can just mail me back over here in tennessee so i've got some kind of either red meat or, or white meat chicken um like last last night we did pork chops night before that steaks this tonight i've got whole chicken wings i'm gonna grill uh we'll grill up fry up um, asparagus, baked potatoes, you know, all that stuff like that. And then, yeah. of course, breakfast is easy. Just flip it up some sausage, bacon, make mm-hmm. some pancakes or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I've been hanging out with another one of the rehab guys, John Swanda, and he's – I aggravate him saying he's a little bit of a hippie. Mm-hmm. But 
he's got he's always got the newest healthiest stuff or maybe not the newest whatever but like he's got his ways and i'm just trying to learn because like mm -hmm. you gotta fuel yourself man there's a difference between fueling and feeding and like it was long a year as we have and as much as we put our bodies through you got to put the best stuff in there yeah and you mentioned like food and whatnot and um i think another huge thing is is the housing um i know uh, this season with um, the new rules, there's there's been a change in housing and whatnot. Um, I know, I think here in Love, oh man, I'm going to butcher his last name, Love Grove. I think he was on the the Pandas last season. He kind of was on, made a little, he's with uh, Advocate for Mind Leaguers. Um, and they were banking a big push for like the housing for Mind Leaguers and stuff. Um, how How is the housing like now? Like, is it? It's, it's doing okay. They've done a pretty good job with okay. it. It's, you know, it's serviceable, but. <laughs> give you yeah because i mean you you've been in the minors before for a while and because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've had stories and i'm gonna get to that in a little bit i want to talk about because i love hearing talking about minor league stories and the experiences and all that but uh um one thing that came out today i actually want to talk to you about it, it just kind of popped up in my head here um did you see what rob manfred had had uh mentioned about minor league wages yeah um not gonna sewer myself here but my thought was I, you know, it, it, there, we don't make very much money. We, we could do better. So I, I, you know, so I'll say, yeah, no, I respect that. I respect that. Um, so let's get into your, your history. Like when did you start playing baseball? Oh yeah. Um, from what I can tell, it was before I can remember my mm -hmm. parents said, as soon as I was walking, I had like one of the little squishy bats and they were like yeah. rolling me on the floor and I would hit it. So, I mean, I, there's always a funny story they tell that they snuck, they used, or there were, uh, the rumor and the joke of it was they slipped some money under the table when I was signing up for T-ball because mm -hmm. you had to be four, but my birthday wasn't until May. So at the April tryouts, my money, were, my parents were slipping money under the table to get me in as, as a young kid. So uh, it's, yeah, all my life, basically. Um, were were you um, a two-way two athlete or sorry, a two-sport athlete or multiple sports? It was baseball from pretty much like this is what you're going to do. No, my parents wanted me to be an athlete. They didn't want me just to be a baseball player. So. Um, I played football when I was real young. I played basketball from the time I was in fifth grade all the way up. Uh, I ran track and ran track and did field events when I was in middle school. Um, you know, and of course, everybody tried all the other stuff. Like I would shoot. I tried to be um, I tried to like kick a soccer ball around a little bit, just see if I could do that. But we were always out in the yard doing something and playing just because uh, just to train your body to be. Uh, adaptable to other sports and other mm -hmm. movements when realistically all I thought I was doing was being a kid and playing but, you know that's what my parents always aggravated me said yeah we were training you for a young age just yeah we've just playing out in the yard yeah and I feel like nowadays obviously with technology and stuff like kids just being out there playing in the yard it's something that's kind of going away and I, mean, I can get on the soapbox and talk about that all that you know <laughs> but uh um so when did you focus sorry say again I said, I'm glad I grew up when I did. I was out in the yard all the times. I was before the technology. Yeah, and you you grew up in Tennessee, you said? Yeah. So what what was the baseball scene like? Like the high school? Like was your team pretty good? Um, we were pretty we were pretty good for our uh, our conference for our district. Um, we never made it out of the regions. Always got beat in the first round. Um, but we were, I mean, we were pretty good. It was an it was a, those were fun memories. Yeah. Um, is was I don't know much about Tennessee, like baseball wise. Like, is it? Does it have? Is there a lot of talent in Tennessee? Because like I'm in Wisconsin, and like our talent is, we have good talent, but it's not as much as like you know the Florida, the Texas, the Californias, and all that. Yeah, it's not as widespread as Florida, Texas, California, and all that stuff. It's more uh, located, um, like 
pretty much in Nashville. Um, there's some there's some uh, pretty decent talent out in West Tennessee. I've heard Knoxville's pretty good too, but it's just like the major cities out through there. Chattanooga's probably got some pretty good talent, but um, I uh, I really didn't play much in Tennessee when I was in high school. After I would go play school ball there, but I would play in Atlanta. Oh, so was it just uh, like how did you, how did that work out? Like, did you know people out there, or that was just like the team you, you signed up for? No, I uh, somebody we had played against the Georgia Roadrunners all like growing up as kids, and uh, they were going to give us a good opportunity to, to get some exposure and get in front of coaches and scouts and stuff like that. So obviously that was the best option moving forward and going into the future. So um, once I was a, I think my freshman year I played in Tennessee, and then after that I went down there. That's awesome. Um, so then when did you focus pretty much on baseball? And Because, so, I mean, I've talked to guys who are like, yeah, I played basketball until I got dunked on. And then I'm like, I realized this is not for me. And I focus straight up on baseball and whatnot. Like, when did you decide, like, baseball is going to be, like, my path moving forward? Uh, well, I was dunking on people all the way until I was a senior. So <laughs> baseball was the, only the solo sport when I got drafted. Like, I played all the way all the way up through high school with basketball. Okay. So – um, obviously you got drafted out of high school. Um, like the, the, the college visits, were you committed or like interested in, uh, potentially going anywhere else? Obviously the scouts were probably looking at you and, you know, trying to recruit you and whatnot. But, uh, how was that whole process for you? Uh, I committed so early. Like I didn't get the full experience, I guess you'd say, because at that time, like, I think it was coaches couldn't talk to you before July 1st, but you could talk to them. If, if you follow, like I could reach out to them through email or phone call. You or, had to initiate the, the, the process. Right. I don't think we could text. Other, I don't think they can text us, but we could text them. They can answer questions and stuff like that until like the July 1st of going into your senior year. And so where I committed super early, I basically had just been in contact with schools. Like I talked to Samford. Um, I talked to Lipscomb, I think maybe. Uh, a couple junior colleges and then um, Tennessee. So, like I, once I got the Tennessee offer, my parents were ecstatic and like obviously being right there at UT, like I just went for the uh, went for the offer and committed early. Yeah. So like, were you like a, ju- a sophomore or junior? When did you commit? Because now kids are committing like so early nowadays. It feels like. Yeah, I uh, I committed like in August of my junior year. Okay, so then heading into Tennessee, back you know in high school after you know committing to a pretty major you know university whatnot like were you pretty much one of the big guys on campus um uh i mean we didn't really have that many people on campus we didn't have that many students but yeah it was <laughs> it was pretty exciting to uh it was kind of funny no i, I tried to not make it a, a yeah. really a big time we would go play other teams in baseball there was always like chirps and chants about it and i was just like all right whatever so i think i got more recognition from other people in uh, in my high school, I tried to just kind of act like me. Yeah. So other other you know high schools or whatnot, they were they were chirping you as like you know, hey, there's that Tennessee uh, commit or not. Oh yeah, they. Uh, I was pitching one game and I don't even remember what school it was, uh, but they were like, as I was like going through the windup getting my signs, they were going U T U T like so. It was just it was fun because I I think we shut them out that day, but. Like I would, we would get, you know, I would get a certain chance like that, and they yeah. would be chirping and stuff like that. So, were you were you committed as a two way or uh, strictly um, like what? Because you mentioned you were pitching. I was committed as a hitter, but okay. I told them I wanted to at least give it a shot to pitch. But like I honestly, I made it to campus like twice. <laughs> I went on an official and an official visit, and then I never went back. Yeah, how so. was how was the official visit? Because I mean, obviously, you know, it's I've heard stories of you know what 
of you know going to hang out with the guys and whatnot like how how was that visit it was fun um so i mean you're 18 you go to a college party yeah. it's pretty cool like i it wasn't really my scene mm-hmm. so i kind of i stood up honestly i stood and kind of watched tv leaning against the wall at one point and my the guy who hosted me was christian stewart actually okay and he comes over and uh, he goes hey man like not to be weird or anything, but you're kind of making it by nervous. You want to at least come sit on the couch or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and sat. We were just sitting there watching TV, but I didn't really talk to anybody yeah. at that part. But I mean, obviously, when they take you to the the football stadium, they feed you. They uh, you go take pictures and stuff like that. It's it's unbelievable. So yeah, and the, and the, that's a great school to go to. I'm mean, obviously a good uh, baseball program history and all that. So, um, but you didn't go. You get you get drafted instead um and again like you got drafted pretty high like um heading into draft obviously you're committed and whatnot like did you like were you expecting to get drafted that high um or was that kind of a surprise to you no um i had talked to my advisor at the time with my agent now uh and me and al we kind of had a pretty good idea where i was going to go um it was within about three or four picks of where i was so uh, we had a pretty good idea going in uh we watched the first day just there was like a long shot luck that I might have got picked on the first day. Um, but we also watched it cause I had a lot of buddies that I'd played with or against, uh, that were getting drafted. So that was, that was pretty cool, but I knew I was going to go on the second day. Um, so we just kind of turned the iPad on and listened to the stream as it got close to those picks. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned you had a couple guys who, who might've gone high. Like were those guys you played with in Georgia or, um, like your or Tennessee? Yeah, it was the guys that I played. I knew a few guys that I'd played against, um, but like Jemai Jones, uh, Michael Curry was on in my high school class, so we didn't. You know, he might have got picked. Um, we're looking at Kobe Vance, another one of my buddies who's with the Red Sox, um, Cole Cottom. So like mm-hmm. a lot of guys that we played with and uh, against, we were looking for their name and stuff like that, just to see, uh, you know, just see your guys go. That's that's awesome. Yeah, obviously, yeah, support the guys and whatnot. Um, it, uh, was there like a certain round where like if you got picked you're like look i'm going i'm going to tennessee obviously Pro- probably the fifth okay so you kind of squeaked by yeah i squeaked by <laughs> i was gonna make i was gonna make sure that they I, you know i got my number and i got my uh i wanted to go above the fifth i wanted to be a priority so. yeah no and that's that's a good point because like i've i've had guys like i've talked to guys who um maybe weren't drafted as high um, and like you said, to your point, like being a priority, like they, you know, they're you know, like, I look, I outplayed second round picks. I outplayed first round picks, but never got, uh, you know, advanced to they probably got as high as double A AA or triple A, but they're never that priority. So, you know, and that's kind of like the whole politics of uh, the minor leagues, which um, is just kind of part of the game, you know, um, whether it's right or wrong. That's just kind of the way it is. So that's to your point. I, I understand that. Um, did you have a draft party? Like what was, uh, you mentioned the iPad and whatnot. Like, did you have anyone over, uh, some friends or not? I think I went out with one of my buddies and, uh, I brought my, we went on basically a double date and I think that was pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Nothing, nothing big. So. All right. Well, all right. So this, this is a true circle, obviously. Um, what was the biggest or maybe like one of the first dumb purchases you bought? Cause you obviously got a little bit of money signing bonus and whatnot. Uh, what was that first thing you bought where you look back like, oh, man, like, did I need that? Or maybe it was just like a car or something. No, I definitely bought a truck. I wanted like my pops had a Chevy pickup when I was younger. So I went and bought a truck. And uh, honestly, 
other than my tattoos, that was the first. That's the first, and I think the only purchase that I made over a thousand bucks since then. Wow, like I, I <laughs> that's good. Obviously, that's that's good. I've talked to guys who were like, yeah, you know, how to get me a chain, how to do this. I'm like, all right, I respect that, you know. But I mean, I don't. Hundred fifty bucks. There you go. There you go. But you obviously got the truck, and like I, I seen you know your Instagram uh, posts and whatnot. You know, credit to me for doing the research and all. But uh, yeah, you look like the guy who would who would rock around in a or ride around in a truck. You know, just based off, you know outward appearances and all that my pops had a uh he had a chevy when i was younger and so i eventually i want to once i get settled i want to buy a bench seat like he had Mm -hmm. Uh, but i had to get me my pickup and everything like that but pretty much we're frugal my family so Mm -hmm. we i I didn't really do too much after that so my parents would say my first dumb purchase was all the tattoos how many how many do you got i've got nine right now okay i want to I'm going to get them finished at some point because the scar is just right through the middle right there. So yeah. I'm going to eventually cover it up and probably touch up some stuff and maybe even redo. So so how, how many of those did you get like right after your bonus then? Like how many were you, did you, or did you have any before that? Or was that was like, that was when you got them all or most of them? I think I waited a year or so. Okay. I think I was instructs 2016 or something like that. Yeah. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really, I didn't hardly spend any money that first year. I, I was just nervous. So yeah. But yeah, I think I got them in 2016 when I started. I got my first one here on my wrist. So very cool. And do, they, do like, I'm not. I, I have none. But just it's always kind of you know makes me curious and whatnot. Like, do they all have like specific meanings, or is it just like, oh, that looks kind of yeah. cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab that. So the right here, my favorite scripture. It's an eagle, and it's it's Isaiah 40:31. It's made them run and not grow weary. Sure. Um, grow up sprouting, fly with wings like eagles. And then here, there's. Uh, God is greater than the ups and downs. Okay. There's, it's Calvary's mountain with three crosses. I know you probably can't see it because of the light, but um, I've got obviously Tennessee. In here's Philippians 4.13. Um, up here is a cross with a Trinity symbol for the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit sure. with rays coming like sun rays and heaven mm-hmm. and light coming down. And below it are pine trees because as in the off season I, where I live in Atlanta now, um, I would drive down from my parents' house and like, about the time I'd be going through North Georgia was like sunset. So like you'd be seeing the sunlight come to the pine tree. So I just kind of always thought it was beautiful. So I put it yeah. on my arm. That's awesome. And, and you mentioned your faith and like, I respect that. Um, like I grew up in, in church and I went on myself. Um, how, how hard is that to be like a professional athlete and still, cause obviously like, uh, especially baseball when you're like every Sunday and every day, pretty much you're playing. Like, I mean, how hard is it for you to like maintain that like faith and stay rooted? Uh, I mean, it's tough, man. The devil's working all the time. Like some days you're just, I'm tired. It's it, like, I'm, I don't want to get up and go to church or I don't want to go to chapel. I'm like I'm, I meditate before every game. So I go like take a nap or I meditate and stuff like that. So I'll have my prayer time there and then I'll catch myself sometimes. Like I just got out of the cage. Like chapel starts in like 10 minutes. But like, if I just lay here and pray like that'll, you know, that'll count. Right. And just those <laughs> yeah. little things, it, it, it gets tough. Like, you know, like you said, the devil works hard. Um, there's temptations like it, you know, it's tough to stay strong, but I, you just got to lean close to him and, and, uh, draw near to him and seek his face and yeah. he'll bless you. No, I, I respect that. You mentioned chapel. Like, does your, does each team like have a chapel or like a chaplain or how does that work out? Yeah. yeah so baseball chapel works with minor league baseball to have a chaplain for each team. Interesting. Um, so even down here in the ACL and, and rehab for us, We've got one. They've got one in all the A ball, you know, all the way up to the big leagues. 
I had no and I had no idea about that. That's that's that's, that's awesome. Uh, it's do a lot of players go to that, or is it kind of like, like I mean, I, I'm sure every team is different, but like it's uh, it's I mean it's fifty fifty okay. in Rocket City. We had a lot. Good. Uh, we had a lot of guys come to it. Uh, I've been on teams where there wasn't much interest. Um, you know, so it's it's different. Like and sometimes got you know the the chaplain's words will click with somebody and not with somebody else. Like I've been yeah. to some where I didn't. I, you know, I didn't understand all of it. And then there's been some that I was, I came out of it and it was, you know, it was huge. It was amazing. So, um, but no, we, in Rocket City, we had a pretty good amount. In Wichita, we had a pretty good amount. Um, further back, I think we had a few and we had a pretty good amount in Cedar Rapids. I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. but uh, no, it's it's usually about 50-50 if guys will come to it. Yeah, no, awesome. That's that's great. I, like I said, I, I had no idea they had chaplains and all that in the minors. Um, that's incredible. Um, so let's let's talk about the minors. You get drafted out of high school. Did anything prepare you for life in the minors? Because we and I say this like all the time on my podcast. We all see the finished product, the major leaguer, the Mike Trouts. I guess probably he's probably a bad example because his time in the minors is very limited. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the guys in the majors and we don't really see the path that they take the grind, the struggle, um, the bus rides, the hotels and all that. Um, so I like to kind of reflect and talk about that experience. Um, I say it's funny because you're a professional athlete and you're going through things that you shouldn't have to go through. Um, in the grand scheme of it, it's really not that funny. Um, but like I said, this is uh, an off the field podcast. I, I'm not really a big stats guy. Um, uh, but like, do you have any interesting, funny minor league stories of where if you try to explain to somebody who's out of baseball, they're just looking at you like, what are you talking about? You aren't you a professional athlete? Yeah. Um, man. Probably too many to count. It's, <laughs> the showers are always are always funny because sometimes you'll just get like an, a head of a water hose and it's not even like a spray shower. It'll just be like pretty much just pushing out water or you'll get the ones that are like really sharp coming out. It's almost yeah. like a little flat pattern like you were shooting a uh, water gun. Uh, water gun. Yeah. Something like that. Um, shoot. We've had meals show up raw. Um, and, you know, and there's also other good good times like when you mm-hmm. have like major league guys coming and rehab like they'll usually take care of you with spread you get to learn a lot from those guys uh you make some of the you know the greatest friends that you'll have in your life through the grind because mm-hmm. that's you go through more during a season than you really can imagine like every year's got something that's uh, a high moment and a low moment so yeah. um yeah i mean i i'd say the thing that prepared me the most was when i played in georgia when i was in high school because i lived down there mm-hmm. Um, I lived with a bunch of teammates, so it was just uh, kind of like a little preliminary idea for it. Um, so you're around your teammates all the time. Travel was tough and stuff like that. But the minor leagues, is it's something else, yeah. that's for sure. No, absolutely. And you talk about major leaguers coming and making their uh, like rehab starts. I was just talking to uh, David Griffin. He was one of the, the Mets minor leaguers when uh, Scherzer came and bought them all AirPods. And hooked them up with a bunch of really good food and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, like, when that experience comes, obviously, he was telling me he's a pitcher as well. And he was able to pick, not really pick his brain because it's Max Scherzer. You know, you kind of just let him do his thing. But, like, he was very just observant of everything he did, like, pregame, like, after the game and all that. So, um, that's that. you always hear about the stories of that. Um, have you have you ever gotten off the bus and you just got, uh, looked around and you're like, where in the world am I? I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's like a subway and maybe a Dollar General or something. Yeah, that happened a few times in the Appy League uh, way back in 2016 when I was in, in Elizabeth. And um, when we got to Amarillo last year, the hotel was like 20 minutes from the stadium. 
and it's it's pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. There was a Slim Chickens and a gas station and a red light. And not far from where we were, like the city would pick up, but we were just like on the outskirts where it hadn't developed yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's been a few times, um, like Clinton, Iowa looks like it's uh, it's stuck in the '60s. So yeah. it's just funny the places that you'll see and travel to. Did you play in the? Um, I'm trying to think. Your your low A and high A was. Did you play in the West? I guess the new um, low A Central. I think it is. Yeah, I played in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So okay. it was the Midwest. Okay. So yeah. did you did you get a trip to Beloit then? I did. I never <laughs> made it to the new stadium. I was like, I I spent parts of four seasons in that league. Yeah. 17, 19, and 21. Because in 21, it became high A. Yep. And like it is now. So I, I finally got out of there and went to Fort Myers in 2019. And then COVID happens, obviously. We're just glad to be playing again. Yeah. We come back to 2021 and we're in spring training and they're like, you're going back to Cedar Rapids. It was high. Happy with it, but it was like I'm going back again. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think I'm like in the top four of games spent in that uniform. I'm one of I know I'm one of four guys who have been in that played for the Cedar Rapids Colonels for four different in four different seasons. So I used to aggravate my manager uh, Brian Dinkelman. I was like, Dink, man, I've been here so long. When's my statue going up? Mm-hmm. And he coached there since 2016 and lives there. And he said. Right after mine. Yeah. So we aggravating about that. Um, but yeah, sorry. Went off, went off on a tangent no, you're good. there. Um, but yeah, I, I went to Beloit. Beloit was something else. It. Uh, I didn't mind it too bad because I, I played really well there. Uh, so the only problem I had with it, like the clubhouse was tough, but like walking through the crowd to go to the clubhouse was annoying. Yeah, um, I've been there a couple of times. I live about forty-five minutes or so. The new stadium is beautiful. Like, but I mean, the old stadium, it was like I was there, and you would see like the players walk past everybody to get into like the field and whatnot. Um, that's kind of rough being uh, a player, especially after the game when they got to leave too. Um, oh yeah, imagine fun having to walk by those guys. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. In minor leagues, the the fans in minor league stadiums are no joke. I mean, they they can get on you sometimes. Um, but I've talked to guys who have told me like that's one of the worst. Like when I ask them, like you know, where's the worst stadium you've ever played or the worst city you've ever been in? Like Beloit's easily like the one or two yeah. like number one answer that I get all the time. And um, I've talked to guys who play there as their home stadium. Uh, I'm like, hey, is that kind of an advantage? You know, knowing that everyone has to come and deal with the, the 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 low lights and like there's no radar gun and like the visiting locker room. From what I was told is like either like really old carpet or just like dirt. Like I can't, like I've heard a couple of different variations of it, but like it's one guy said his locker room was like basically in the, sh- like the bathroom area. Like he didn't even have like a locker. It was just like a little bench and like right next to the, the, the showers yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so small. Some guys they'd put it, there's a bench in the shower and they put guys like right next to it. Jeez. You'd have to, at the end of the games with the water rushing out of the shower with the soak your bag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Say Beloit's number one, Clinton Iowa's one A. Not even two. It's it's that close. Wow. And that was your home stadium. Like, how was it playing there? Because obviously, like Iowa's not the like. I mean, what I don't know what there. Happens. I played in Cedar. Oh, Rapids. sorry. See, so what 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 is there to do in Iowa? Like when you get there, because um, like it's obviously like Beloit's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, what do you what do you, what would you guys do? Like when you're not when you were playing. Yeah. We uh, honestly, you. I mean, you're there to play, so yeah. there's not we. I, I'm, I'm one of the weird guys. I, like, for a 635 game, I'd show up at 10 o'clock to the stadium, 1030 to the stadium. 
eat, do some like warm up stuff, get in the hot tub, um, and lift like early in the morning and have, have pretty much all day at the stadium. And then I would stay there, um, watch TV, play some cards, have a few beers after the game before I went home. And I probably wouldn't leave the stadium until midnight or 1230. Um, so I didn't really have much time outside of like off days, but off days we would go fishing, we would golf, uh, we'd go get something to eat. We'd try out a couple of breweries, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what was, what was maybe your favorite city to play in then? Since you obviously you mentioned some of your worst, but like what was maybe that one city that you're like, I cannot wait to go there. It's, you know, it's maybe a little bit more busy or uh, whatever it may in, be. In the Midwest League or what? Just oh, just in general. Just in general. Yeah. Um, Wichita was fun. I, Wichita was my home stadium last year. I loved playing there. Um, uh, I liked, I liked the trip we took to Amarillo, the stadium wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to think of a city that was, that was fun. We, uh, I mean, Northwest Arkansas was good. It's right there at the University of Arkansas's campus. Sure. It was pretty fun. Um, but like I said, we don't have cars on the road, so it's kind of tough to do anything That's like true. that. But any place that would draw fans was fun to go to. Dayton, uh, in the Midwest League, Dayton was fun to go to. They always packed it out. So. Is Dayton, are they still a minor league team or no? Yeah, they're the they Dayton are? Dragons. High for the Reds. Oh, they are? Oh, they are? Okay. I thought I was sure if they went, in, if they went into your AA or something, but okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I think maybe Daytona. No, Daytona's the low A still. They're good. I don't know. I don't know who they banged, but they banged a few teams. It's yeah. It was it was uh, the whole re reshuffling and whatnot. Manfred doing his thing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So you mentioned like fans and whatnot. Like, have you had any interesting fan interactions? Um, because like I mean, I've had guys tell me like fans have made them like a replica out of like metal, like and put their the ice cream scoops, you know, like the, the helmets, put it on there, and they yeah. put a picture of the, just random things that they've done for them and stuff. Like, have you, or maybe they chirped you a little bit? I, uh, of course, with the last name Cabbage, I get a lot. I remember one year, every time I played at this one stadium in, uh, it was actually in Wisconsin. It was uh, the Timber Rats. Timber yeah. Okay. They, so normally, the seventh hitter in the lineup was the sauerkraut something something K man. Well, no matter where I was in the lineup, sauerkraut being cabbage, I was the sauerkraut K-Man. I could have been leading off or I could have been hitting. <laughs> they would find me with it. Because I asked them, I was like, why is it always me? It was like, it's easy. Normally it's the seven guy, but this yeah. one's just easy. Uh, so, but it was, yeah, they would always hammer me with stuff like that. Um, and this year in Rocket City, some lady had like cabbage pom-poms and that she would bring the games and everything like that. Um, but yeah, you get, I would get cabbage patch, uh, you know, all that stuff. So people chant sauerkraut behind the plate, radish, lettuce, That's all awesome. that other stuff. Yeah. You know, fans, fans can be brutal, especially in the minors, like where, like, like I said, like they, like you, have you ever been like the strikeout or what is like the strikeout batter? Or, uh, is that the same thing as the cabbage batter in, in, in the K-Man was the strikeout batter. Yeah. Oh, the K, K. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For some reason I heard caveman and I'm like, man, maybe it's a Wisconsin thing. I don't know. Okay. No, yeah, the sauerkraut strikeout batter. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. Um, and then, um, all right. So no matter where you were, just because of your last name, they would put you there. Oh, Man, yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Hey, fans in the minor leagues, they can be, it can be pretty brutal. Um, uh, what when you're when you're not when you're not on the field, uh, you're not obviously you said you're not a gamer. Like, what do you do like for fun? Um, in Rocket City, I kind of just toured around, found new places like coffee shops, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Went to a place called, I think it's like Campus 805 or something like that. Had a few uh, different breweries, wineries in there, something like that. Um, here, 
I just kind of take hikes, go, go walk around places, just explore. It's pretty much what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously like being here at the, in the hottest place in the world <laughs> feels like I go to the pool a lot, chill yeah. out like that. Um, <clears throat> actually Thursday, we have a day off from rehab. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to hop over and hike Camelback mountain and stuff like that. Just try to like, have experiences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so yeah. what is like, what is the everyday like schedule for rehabbing? Because obviously everything's different. Your your uh, was it broke? No, what was? What do you have injured? Yeah, broken. I had a broken radius, okay. compound fracture. I got a plate and six screws in my arm. So like, what is your just like everyday like routine for like rehab and all that? Um, right now with the All Star break, the ACL guys aren't coming in, so we go in a little bit earlier just to get everybody out of there quicker. The trainers, the clubbies, us. Um, <clears throat> when they show up uh, and start playing again on Thursday. We will uh, be pushed back again. I'll show up middle of the day. Um, I'll go in. I usually hot tub, eat, uh, foam roll, stretch, do some activation stuff. Uh, I'll do arm care for this side. Uh, about that time, it's usually go. I'll go out and stretch. We'll have some kind of conditioning, whether it's sprints, um, you know, five, ten, fives, snake runs, or something like that. Um, I'll hop over to the cage, hit, do my one-handed swings, cage routine as much as I can. Uh, sometimes I'll throw just depends on what uh, before I hit depends on what day it is um, and then I've got a lift of either upper body core or lower body to do before I head out usually get some treat twice a week stuff like that but so when when do you expect to be fully like good to go like obviously the season's probably um do or were you able to make or do you think you'd be able to make it back by the end of the season or no uh making it back for the playoffs was a stretch okay. um, so we're, think, we're thinking I'm just going to try to be healthy, get some at-bats and instructs. Maybe, yeah. uh, hopefully, you know, might play in the fall league. I have no idea, but I'm going to, you know, ha- try to have that conversation, make up some at-bats. Uh, and then I'm also going to try to play winter ball too. Oh, nice. Where, where would you, where, have you played winter ball before or no? I've not. No, I'd like to play in the Dominican. Uh, I know that's top tier talent. Mm-hmm. So if I got it, it'd be a good competition and stuff like that. Uh, I've also thought about Puerto Rico. Yeah. My dad was born in Puerto Rico. A lot of, when you think about you know Puerto Rico, uh, Dominican, a lot of a ton of good talent. You just look at like the home run derby, the All Star game. Like, uh, there's a ton of talent coming out of, out of those countries and stuff. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about: um, you, you've made your jump, for, or you've made from uh, instructs, low A, high A. You've been to pretty much every level now. What was like the hardest jump from from one level to the other? Was it like uh, high A to double A or double A to triple A? I would say probably. Um... I would say low A to high was probably the big, biggest jump for me because um, I high had a double A jump last year. Uh, I had a short stint for a couple, like three games or something like that. I uh, got a couple hits and got sent back down because of the COVID thing. Um, and I went back at high and I played like six more weeks and I got really comfortable there. Uh, I think I was just kind of pissed. So I got really comfortable, like settled into a groove. And then when I came back to, uh, to Wichita, I was able to keep it on rolling and stuff like that. But I remember in, in 2019, when I went from low A to high, I, I, it took me a bit to catch up. Mm-hmm. But like everybody in the Florida State League threw a billion. Yeah. And like, uh, it was Florida State, that, was that your, uh, was that the high A? That was high A in 2019. That was with the Twins organization. Yes. Okay. Um, so like we talked about fans and all that, um, like what has, what, what is the craziest thing a fan has asked you to sign? Cause like, I, like I've got foreheads, uh, random things. Like what is the craziest thing someone has asked you to sign for them? Yeah. I, 
this is probably going to be a, I'll be the only one in this category. This lady had cabbage pom-poms. There were pom-poms that were like, that were like actual cabbages and everything. Yeah. Like they were fake, obviously, but I signed those. Um, it's, it's the one thing that I've never understood is when kids ask you to sign their phone case. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, they're going to, they're going to get a new one anyway. They're not going to, or you'll wash off or. Yeah. Or it's just like, there's a, especially like if, for, I mean, I get it. If you, like you said, Mike Trout, or if you go get Mike Trout to sign your phone case, like, it's, awesome. it's framed. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, just especially like kids when I was in low A, like, you, hey, like number 25, can you sign my phone? And I'm just like, you don't even know my name. Yeah. But, you know, so it, it, it was just one of the things I was just always curious about, like, why? But I guess that's the only thing they had. And we just happened to be there signing stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, I've got all, like just arms, t shirts, obviously, or normal hats, baseballs, stuff like that. But yeah, I got a pair of pom poms that I signed. That's actually pretty incredible. They can, you can say that. And you can't, there's no way like you could say no to that when she's pretty much like your cabbage fan, like, you know. Oh, no, they have a sign. They would hang up there. They were at the uh, in a suite every single home game. So I was making sure I got them taken care of. Oh, so they're probably like, they're diehard uh, oh, yeah. Panda fans. That's they, awesome. Yeah, they came to all the Panda games. Yeah, like I've I've had I've had a I can't remember who just told me this recently. There was a they were on the bus and like a, a dad ran into the bus, stuck his phone out there, just started taking a bunch of pictures and then ran out. And everyone's like, "Who was this guy? Just jumped in our bus, uh, oh. took pictures and and jumped out." I, I want to say it was in double A or triple A, but it was just like you said, fans in especially because they're like right on you. Like you can hear the chirps, you can hear this, you can hear, "Hey, can I get a ball?" I'm pretty sure hear that like over under probably like a hundred times a game. If people don't say please, I don't even acknowledge them. Yeah. And you got got to say please. Now, the funniest fan story I've got, though, um, I'll try to make this quick. Sure. We drove Royce Lewis in 2017. The twins did. Sorry. Um, We were in Beloit, Wisconsin. (laughs) There was about 15. We got back to the Like, they rushed him to the bus. They pulled the bus up right to the gate so, like, no fans could really get, get up there. People followed the bus to the hotel, hopped into their cars really quick. Our manager said, all right, everybody but Royce off. So him and Royce stayed on the bus. Everybody else got off. And, of course, we didn't know what was going on, so we stood there and watched. They drove around the hotel as the fans with the card, like books full of cards, hats and stuff, chased the bus around the hotel. Obviously, the bus got back to the front door really quick. Royce hops off and runs to his room. But it was Hilarious. We you got grown people running after a, a, a charter bus to get an autograph. It was hilarious. Yeah, and he, like the last thing we'll talk about is the autograph guys. Like you know, so many people will come and the grown and like I understand kids. You got to grow the game, but when you see a grown man with like a booklet of like fifty cards, um, asking you know they're there every single game, the whole homestand. You'll see them like every game. Um, you know, yeah. oh, it's my first time. You know, like those guys, they have to be frustrating or just irritating. Yeah, I mean, it, the way I have a limit, I'll sign three cards. It's just, I just don't go over that. One, because I want to sign for all the kids because the kids are going to enjoy it more, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, like, these cats are buying our cards when we're younger, and if we make something of ourselves and we're big leaguers, they can sell that card, and we don't see a cent of it. Right. Not all about money or anything, but, like, you don't owe those guys anything. Why would I sign 17 of my rookie cards? Like, I'm not – if you make me sign one of them, I'm like, okay, you're going to – you might actually keep this one. If you sell this one, good on you. But I'm not going to sign 15 and so you can sell 13 of them and make money. It's just like, you know, yeah. it, it's not not going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's that's just the way it is. And like I, I, I there's one one guy told me like the way to not get 
that happen is just don't ever wear like your jersey. Just put a hoodie on so they can't see your number because they don't know your name. They're just gonna shout, you know, hey twenty two or hey twenty five, whatever it may be. Um, just you know, wear a hoodie and don't yeah. don't even. I'll sign for. I, I don't mind a sign for kids as yeah. long as like I said, please, they're nice and they not not know your name. Mm-hmm. But like, get the guys who come up and like, are you? I, it was hilarious. I got my beard was longer in spring training. I got Archie Bradley like a half a dozen times. And I was just like, no, but even if I was, I wouldn't sign it because you don't know my name. Yeah. You know, because like, they don't know your name and they're trying to like flip through pages. Like, no, buddy, I got better stuff to do with my time. I got to go get ready to play. So, yeah, I talked to a guy. Um, he was on the uh, the Royals organization maybe three, four years ago when like um, when uh, Fernando Tatis was in the minors. Um, they mm-hmm. were playing them. And, you know, he's uh, he's a black gentleman, but he looks light skinned. So they thought he was Dominican as well. So they got yeah. all excited. They ran to him and they're like, hey, sign this. And they like, what's my name? And they just looked at him like, I don't know. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm not going to sign your stuff. <laughs> so he's, exactly. That's just the way it is. But um, hey, um, I want to thank you for coming on. We'll have to keep in touch. I'll have to have you back on. I can't wait to see you back in the game. Uh, hopefully the rehab goes well and all that. Um, and everything kind of goes smoothly from here out. Uh, but I do want to appreciate. I do appreciate you taking the time to come on the pod, man. Of course. Appreciate it. Oh, be here. yeah. Before I go, and I got to ask you this. Do you have any f- interesting Braxton stories that I can kind of poke fun of him the next time I talk to him? Oh, man. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> there was a, uh, there's been a couple times I uh, I don't know if I can tell some of these. <laughs> <There's> not, <laughs> I, I'm on these. I have to come up with something pretty good, but I know we've got a few. The guy's a goober. Yeah. He, he, like I said, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, but anyway, you have a great, a great rest of the night. Uh, enjoy the All-Star game. I think I just started him up. Pop that on in a second here, but uh, have a great rest of your evening. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. All right, appreciate it, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.